0: At a very nice dinner this week. Oh, really? Yeah, you made it. Oh, <laughs> I genuinely thought you meant uh, you'd gone
1: somewhere else because I did make dinner, and actually, yeah, it turned out really nicely. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, it was great. I actually put some spice in it. I liked it. It was a good level of spice. Yeah. So I actually have perfected that dish. This is the one thing I failed to share with both yourself and and Paul, who doesn't listen oh. to this show. When I was seventeen, <laughs> I took in my final year of high school hospitality. And, Uh oh, I did the same. As part of the exam, you had to cook a three course meal. Okay. And so my dishes starter, lentil soup. Oh, good soup. Dessert, apple crumble. In the middle, perfect. Main meal, chili con carne. It's a good meal. And I made it so many times. That my family were absolutely sick of it because it was every single week How for about get sick of that? two months. How? Well, if you have any, because it was just like, oh, what are we having for dinner tonight? Oh, it's chili con carne again. I love Didn't it. Didn't we have that last no, week? Yes. I did that. On the week before? Yes. I,
0: I don't believe. I well, I know, I know, not everyone is me, but I don't believe in the in the you've eaten this too soon, you can't have it again thing. Food is right. food, and if it's tasty, it's tasty. For sure. It's not less tasty because you had it recently, or I had the leftovers as I
1: did of the chili con carne for. Lunch the next day. Which was just as tasty.
0: Oh, man, it's so good. You should have had it for breakfast. To be fair, it, it's it's a really good breakfast.
1: No, I, I I've talked about this on the show before, but I'm still addicted to sugary cereal. I had golden nuggets
0: this morning. I'm 31 <laughs> years old. Golden nuggets. Did you know that that kind of breakfast actually just makes you crash in the afternoon? Though you after you after you run out of the sugar high and your body's still <laughs> processing the carbs, it yeah. just you just crash. Well, this is why
1: I have like three bowls of the stuff a day because. Clearly, my, th- my <laughs> body is just like, I need more.
0: You're, Give me you're more. You're addicted to sugar. Me? No way. Have chili congarnia <laughs> instead.
1: Yeah. No, the thing is, you're right. I do I use the word try in the absolute sense of the word. I try and have porridge when I can, but that's
0: implied failure
1: right there. How many I try. spoons
0: of sugar do you put in your porridge? I
1: add either a teaspoon of Nutella or a couple of Ooh. teaspoons <laughs> of strawberry jam and mix it all in. And it's
0: really good. <laughs> I never. I can never have so it what by you itself. So is spoons, spoons worth of sugar. Spoons worth, way.
1: yeah. And Nutella. Who knows how much sugar is in that? Because yep, it's a lot, a lot, a lot.
0: A lot. And, But weirdly, they just, they've done the the graph. They've done the breakdown, so they just break the ingredients <laughs> up. It looks disgusting. Really?
1: I bet. I bet. Yeah. Although weirdly, when you add Nutella to porridge and mix it, it does actually come out looking like mints. It would do, yeah. So you you
0: could you could switch to chili con carne, and your brain might not even notice. <laughs>
1: exactly. Oh, that's my New Year's resolution. Well, actually, James, the next time we do a show, it will be the New Year. So do you have any New Year's
0: resolutions? Uh, I've got like a few. (laughs) I never do. I'm terrible (laughs) at those. Okay. Just
1: because you know, life is life and you're well, you're
0: getting where you need to go? Well, partly it's due to just generally being comfortable. And partly it's due to, if I decide that, hey, this is a really good idea, I'll try to start it then instead of waiting for the new year. Okay, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's fair. What about, what's yours? What's yours? Well, one of them for me then is,
1: oh, as always, as always is in, in my life, Attempting to do more cease Parade episodes than the year just passed. Oh, I'll, I'll join that and one then, yeah. yeah. That, that's like a valiant effort for usually the first couple of months, and then it ends. Uh-huh. And the second thing was actually one of realisation, because my New Year's resolution for this year, 2022, was twofold. I was going to read a book a month for the year.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And I did it for a month and a half, and then it just <laughs> fell off. You know, I was finding myself... It's very
0: resolution-y. A,
1: I found myself not like putting it off and, and filling my time with other stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, partly it might have been the books I was reading because Maybe. they were pretty heavy going. Yeah, but also I found and I've realised this, and it's and it's okay to realise this. I just don't like reading anything. It's just if you give me a, if well if you give me a choice of things to do, i.e., do you want to go for a run or go to the gym or make music or watch a movie or listen to music or hang out with people, okay, I would take all of those above reading books. So if you're if I'm in the house and I've got the option of recording music or playing music, I will do that okay. Every day of the week over reading. So actually, even though it was a nice resolution to have, it fell by the wayside and actually I'm okay with that. All right. Because Turns out reading just isn't really my and thing. No, reading big books, no not, like, not really for me. No
0: nice, I, I read for a half an hour before I go to sleep kind of thing. Well, it depends on the book, though, because I started
1: reading, and I reviewed this at the start of the year, Akala uh, Natives, which was oh yeah, a, a really intense but incredibly informative book about essentially British attitudes towards it's heavy. people of colour. It's not nighttime reading. N- no, it's not your, oh, that was lovely, let me go to sleep now. Yeah. <laughs> My biggest challenge off the back of that book, though, was remembering the things that he said in that three 300-plus-word page book, because so much of it, I'm thinking, oh, that's awful. That's terrible. That's clearly a school system in Britain which is broken because of reasons X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. But if you ask me to recall any of that information or research, I would not be able to tell you anything. I just know that if you're black in Britain in school, you are statistically
0: more likely to get expelled. That's all you need, though. That's all you need. That, you, that, you don't need to remember the details. Like, but it's not
1: even just two or threefold. It's nine or ten yeah. or twelve times
0: more likely. You don't remember. don't need to remember the details, though. That's the whole point of reading these things. Uh, or or listening to them or watching them as you say, I learned this, here's where I learned it, and that's it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's it. And also, and this was the really eye-opening one for me, if you have two identical CVs, yeah. but you have a black-sounding name... Yeah. You're less likely to get accepted for a job, for a university, for a college. And they did this over... It was oh, it was a test for something like two years with over 50 universities. Granted, this was stateside, but still. Identical CVs, and it was an overwhelming majority of people. They had a black-sounding name. They didn't get in.
0: Yeah, it's still, it's still
1: happening. I'm very sad. Um, Yeah. But anyway, that was my New Year's resolution for last year, which okay. I read a book and a half, and the half book was 1984 and i think it was murray who told me why on earth did you try that as not your even second a short book one. because
0: you should be trying something nice and breezy well not even nice and breezy it could just be something that is even something heavy but quick is pretty good okay um like a short like war and peace first chapter absolutely one one chapter no but <laughs> uh, for, like for my parents are visiting i read the first two books of the expanse in 2 weeks because okay. it just it just flies by and the 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 font is quite large. It's not a a dense book for for on the page content, right? Uh, and it was just easy to read. So there are th- you, you just maybe in a big way we're reading the wrong books, the ones that you go to. Okay. Oh, the internet. What is a hundred books that every person should read before they die? And it's just, it's a it's a list of like yeah heavy things that are hard to read. There's also a number of books
1: about uh, being gay and religion as well as other stuff that I I know I probably should and want to read. But when I have past experience of reading these very heavy books, it's actually just made me feel worse. So, for example, I read and reviewed From Russia With Blood, probably about 18 months ago. Phenomenal book. But my goodness, it really opened my eyes to the amount of Russian infiltrated corruption that goes, uh, goes on in our country's political elite. As well as there was a book about Trump, which I... It was Fear. It was Fear by Bob Woodward, which was about the first two years of Trump's presidency. Which, once again, really interesting. It's just but too much. Did it make me feel any better? No, it didn't. Yeah, <laughs> so, you got to balance it. So, I've accepted that actually, even if, okay, fair enough, I accept that maybe the books I was reading were a little too <laughs> maybe. heavy. Maybe. It's still not something I'm going to rush in and do. No. However, I've been recommended by a couple of people that actually, if I try them as audiobooks, or podcasts, which I do enjoy, (laughs) then perhaps that will go down smoother. So I've got a couple of... uh,
0: Did you know that you can listen to audiobooks from your local library on several random apps on your phone?
1: You can. Uh, And that's where I'm going to attempt... But (laughs) regardless of setting resolution, I am going to do that at some point in 2023, which is listen more to books except in audio form because I believe that's going to be more effective. I really enjoy podcasts, so... See,
0: I'd never know... I never know if I can count those towards, like, my reading (laughs) numbers, because I fall asleep to them. Didn't quite read it, yeah. Yeah, so I I never actually add it to the official list, so at the end of the year, it's like, how many books do you read And it's like, I read on and off, like, a full series over the course of a year, and then I read these three books in two weeks here, but I also listened to entire audiobooks that I'm just not counting, because I probably missed the second half of every single (laughs) chapter.
1: (laughs) Other resolution for me is, and this again, same resolution every year, spend less time doing freelance work and more time doing creative projects, which in 2022 has totally fallen off the radar just because Graham was earning £4.50 an hour for the majority of the year. And so I essentially was was, uh, supplementing his income because you are unable to live
0: on £700 a month. No, that's that's not very much at all. Even I can't live on
1: that little. So we're getting to a point now because he's on a... Funnily, I mean, amazing. £9.50 an hour. Oh. hey Incredible. That's more. It is more, certainly. Yeah. So that's the goal for, for the next year is is being able to, when I want to.
0: subtle project Go and
1: record music and just get it out there. I don't think I released much, if anything, this year. Uh, maybe a couple of songs from um, with me and your brother. Yeah. But that was about it. So. Oh, man. Need to do more of that. And the last resolution. Next year. Get a house. Hey. Sail on the flat. I'm going to put it on the market in March. Minimal shared walls. We will get a house. That is the goal for 2023.
0: What about you, listener? Shout out your resolution now. Right now. Yell it. Well, don't actually. Don't yell it. You probably got shared walls. uh, My window's open. Mail it to us in the actual mail. Absolutely.
1: Or you could email to us because we are Seesaw Parade. Episode 302. Hey. Talking. Everything from loungewear to Colin's life, breakfast to cereals, Colin's life, Colin's life, to Colin's yeah, life. That is what this show is all about. I'm <laughs> Colin and he's James. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for listening. It's really appreciated. This is indeed the last show of the year of your least favorite podcast. Uh, that's not the tagline at all. <laughs> hey,
0: but you know what? Maybe, maybe, maybe someone is. Maybe legitimately, this is someone's least favorite podcast. Yeah. Maybe it's the only podcast they've ever like actually uh, interacted with, True. and they only are only willing to call things least favorite based off of personal experience. If that's you. Don't mail us. Don't tell us. That would hurt my heart. I did get those mixed up. My bad.
1: Least dull and new favourite. Or... There we go. Least favourite and new dull podcast. Less popular than sugary cereal. Oh, certainly. And we really appreciate you listening. Having listened to us uh, for the whole year and perhaps for the previous six years as we steamroll into 2023, uh, we can only do it because, of course, you people all start and continue to listen, which is great. We really
0: appreciate it. I mean, we'd probably do it even if you didn't. Well, oh, that's true. We just like talking.
1: I will have to look again at our, our metrics for the year. I'm sure they've continued oh, to go up. yeah. It's usually about, and I, I may be wrong here, about 2,000 listens a month, which is great. What? Uh, so that's something. Yeah, for real. Okay. Anyway, welcome to the show. To all you people who are listening from all over the world, you can get in touch at Seesaw Parade on Twitter. Seesaw Parade at gmail.com. Thank you for everybody who got in touch. Amel was replying and said mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that she would like to add her, her thoughts to The Coming Storm, which was the podcast oh, yes. that I recommended uh, last week. She added, there's another extremely bingeable podcast called Against the Odds. I've heard of it. Which is all about mad stories of human survival. I've just finished listening to their brilliant episodes on Shackleton's absolutely bananas Antarctic voyage slash rescue mission. It was pretty bananas. Which has, this is new to me, which has somewhat put today's meltdown about having to drive on a snowy road into perspective. Thank you, Amel. I will actually check that out. That sounds great. You've not heard all about the, all the Arctic stories? No, I know I know who he was okay. as a guy, Sir okay. Ern- Ernest Shackleton, right? Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. That's about it. I know he went to Antarctica.
0: Yeah, and yeah. And he
1: tried to find the North Pole. Basically,
0: all of the, the, I think he froze to f- death. the first expeditions are just completely bonkers. They're just all crazy. Okay. Some of them ending in death, I won't spoil which ones, and some of them not ending in death, I won't spoil which ones. But Imagine most of them. Hey, I'm not spoiling okay. it. Okay. No spoilers of something that happened 120 years ago. It was a real event that happened
1: a very long time ago. (laughs) I'm not spoiling it. Indeed. Okay, well, let's talk about things that have happened in the last week (laughs) and see if we'll still be talking about them in 120 years on a podcast. Okay. Okay, let's move on and start with the... Don't try that again. <laughs> that was terrible. It was terrible. Was... James, let's talk about uh, the Scottish government. Yes! Because in the last few days, the Scottish government have passed legislation to make it easier for people to change their gender. Now, this was... Well, to change their gender on... A few parts of paperwork. Right, right. Pre- precis- yeah, precisely. Right. So yeah. this has been allowed since two thousand and five. Yeah. To be clear, this change means now that rather than being eighteen, you can apply for a gender recognition certificate from sixteen. Yes. And rather than having to go to a doctor to be medically diagnosed for gender dysphoria, you and can, having to like do all the hoops and the jumps for four yeah. or five or seven or ten years, you you can now self-identify. Yeah. It is now the only nation in the UK to make that uh, process of transitioning easier, but of course there's been a lot of pushback against that. It was debated in Holyrood for a couple of days. I think the first Mm -hmm. day went on until two in the morning. We've had public galleries uh, evacuated because people were heckling and revealing big t-shirts with slogans on them. And now, uh, and yeah. now the Westminster government scheme, yeah. have come out to say that they're very concerned about the legislation and could yet prevent it oh, from yeah, becoming oh, yeah. law. So yes. the proposal... They probably should tell us what to uh, do. That's going to go down well. So the proposal went through yes. 86 to 39. Uh, there was a lot of applause
0: after yeah, that, you know, but also people shouting Shame. So I mean it's a big divisive. it was a big vote. Um but we have to actually it's important to recognise some people in the Tory party voted in favor the, they did. of this. So it's it is completely cross party. Yep. So this cannot come down to party lines and people pointing out this or that party and saying the good guys, the bad guys. Not completely, of course. Um however it was also according to the internet and people who have infiltrated uh radical Radical trans exclusionary feminist groups. There we go. I switched the words around. Thanks. According to them, it was through the Tory party invites that that the radical groups were getting their tickets to the public box. That's where the scheme I was, saw this. and that's all of this going on. So, yeah. Yeah, cross party it is important that we fight back against Westminster. When it comes to it, because we can say, hey, this was even your people, your party that were voting for this. Clearly, they don't yep. have your your very same beliefs on what is and what isn't a reserve matter. And it becomes a legitimate debate. But then also the Tories so, supporting some people who did not mean well. They just meant to go in and cause harm. Right. So...
1: so- On that point, first of all, because I have a few points to make, you're right, it was cross-party, even to the extent that within the SNP, there were some people who didn't vote for it, they voted against it. We had one of the ministers resign a few months ago because this was happening, and Nicola Sturgeon said, well, you could have at least come and talk to me first. So, you're right, there were people in the Tory party who did vote for it to go through, almost like they had personal friends who were trans and had had conversations yeah, with they them. Yeah, probably had a direct experience, yeah. Right, and realised, oh, this, this would make their life easier. This would make it more equal for them. Mm-hmm. Whereas, Murdo Fraser, the conservative MSP, I doubt has ever had a proper conversation <laughs> yeah. or made a personal connection with an actual trans person. And so that, to me, was where the dividing line fell because you can look at the arguments that were being made mm-hmm. and they were almost exactly the same... As the ones being made about gay people. Yeah, basically. If we trace it back, first of all, to the 80s and 90s with HIV and AIDS. So at that point where the fear was if you touch someone with HIV and AIDS, you're going to get AIDS and die. Which then became, if if we allow gay people to be open about their yeah their homosexuality in public... Then everyone's going to get AIDS. Then, well, not just that, but if you go into a bathroom with a gay person, you're going to get sexually assaulted. That you're sh- going to be too. groomed by this
0: gay person. It was all the same. It was Absolutely horrendous rhetoric. Same arguments as we're seeing now, yeah.
1: Per- right, precisely. So this is what has really riled me up, because that now, in 2022 is horrendous if you're able to look back and say, yeah, that's an absolutely terrible thing to say about gay people, that if you're in a bathroom with one, they're going to grope you. Yeah, But people were making those arguments with with their whole chest in the late 90s, early 2000s. And then, more recently than that, when gay marriage was passed... Again, a lot of people who I would have safely said had never met a gay person, had never had a personal connection with one, yep. were arguing that the next step was bestiality. Yes. That we could now marry animals. That we can now, mm-hmm. now... Incest
0: was going to be next on the table. The obvious next logical steps were all of these completely different <laughs> things that are not related yep. at yep. all. And as a... a as at that point, a
1: very closeted person, it made me so angry to see... People I knew on Facebook for a start, but also politicians making these disgusting claims about if gay marriage is allowed, then yeah, animals and siblings are up next. Yeah, and now we're, we saw exactly the same thing with these sorts of arguments about trans people. So, yeah, whilst my myself as a gay man not impacted by these this legislation at all, Graham's best friend is trans. One of my best friends. Is trans. So there's a huge stake in this for me because I know how important it is for them to make their life easier, to make their life more equal. And it was the arguments that people were putting forward, which again, I am confident in 10, 15, 20 years, we will look back in the same way as we do about gay people and what was being said about them 20 years ago with horror, with disgust, and say, how on earth did anyone put those arguments forward with, with proper faith? And it's because, by and large, they've never actually met and had a conversation with an adult trans person.
0: Yeah, and some of them actually have, which is annoying. Rant over. <laughs> there is There are some people who have their their trans friends. And then they still make all of these points about Dave all the other trans people. They're, they'll be like, here's my opinions, here's why I have them, and it's not because I am bigoted, I have a trans friend. And it's like, well, sure. you're making up a bunch of stuff and then trying to say, well, but I also have a friend in real life who is not these things. So I don't understand how they have the beliefs they do and have the friendships they do. Um, some of the rhetoric we're seeing as you say, being said publicly is shameful. But we know from experience, experiencing forever and just even recently, that things that are said in public are always going to be just the spark compared to what is being said yeah, uh, yeah. online, what is being said on the streets, what is being held as a, as a private belief. Um, so when these horrible views that are very dangerous because they make a target of basically all trans people... Uh, are said in public and are not really shot down very well, Uh, it clearly is going to lead to uh, increased danger for anyone who's identifying as trans. Anybody who, from now on, maybe looks a little more masculine and feminine and walks into a woman's bathroom, they're going to be a target, regardless of their gender at birth. But also, regardless of the fact that that's been allowed since...
1: 2010 the equality act so yeah this was um yeah a post actually i believe from one of the, it was maybe the institute for it's a very
0: good point yeah right so,
1: so so the main point here was does this reform that the legis that the scottish government passed does it allow trans women to use women's toilets and changing rooms <gasps> uh, no because that has been covered been since the equality act time, 2010 right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Does this mean that trans women can now use women's shelters? Nope. That was previously covered from yeah. the Equality Act in 2010. Does this now determine which prison a trans person goes to? Nope. That's also <gasps> the Equality Act. Oh, yeah, yeah. As well yeah. as does this allow trans women to compete in women's sports? No. That's also been a thing for 12 years. What this yeah. does... So basically hold on, the hold bill on, hold on. Is... What is... What this does allow is for trans people who can now for example if they died <laughs> they can change their birth certificate so well, if they've been living preemptively <laughs> yes preemptively let's say they've been living as a man for 30 years and they die yeah if they've been living as a trans man before this legislation it would still mark on their death that they were a woman yeah whereas now if you've lived the majority of your life
0: like that then it would say that this person was a man and they died well if you'd upped, if you'd if you'd gone through this process of self id like right, right. It allows people to change their like three certificates: their birth certificate, their death certificate, and like their That's marriage it. certificate. Marriage. Um, yep. It allows it allows uh, access to trans people to get married in the gender they prefer. Because right now, unless you get you go through all of the the hoops and jumps of proving to on average relatively quite backwards and bigoted doctors it turns out in the UK uh, that you are trans you, you can only you can only get a marriage certificate as your as your biological at birth sex which clearly isn't good <laughs> so it, it, it's such a small thing to be allowing uh, a very small but still significant group of people in our country access to some certificates yep. and it's getting turned into this attack on Women's freedom and uh, an attack on women's safety, and all of these things that it's not. And if you look at the the people who are backing the groups, all of the 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 alliances, and all of the organizations, and you find out where the money's coming from, it always comes back to some random uh, American, for the most part, right leaning, r- okay, not well meaning group of people. <laughs> it's the same every time
1: my my final point then on this is also as you've touched on there the minuscule proportion of people that this actually affects because rather than this being you know for whether it's gay marriage or anything like that where you can look at the stats and it's maybe 1 in 30 with trans people it's well even it's way smaller than that this is a tiny proportion of the country and yet as you say it's been made into something which is far, far uh, greater than people are making it out to be because ultimately this comes down to, as you've highlighted, changing three certificates. On the back of that though, Rishi Sunak has said it's completely reasonable for the UK government to examine this legislation. And uh, that's been then, of course, pushed back against and saying, well, why? Because it was passed, it went through discussions, people voted and now it's moving into law. So I'm unsure what groans he would have for doing well, that Well, the Tory- <laughs> other than being a Tory I was going
0: to just say well a Tory party is a bunch of turfs which they are <laughs> but uh, legitimately uh, the Tories are uh, in a losing battle in the UK they are losing their popularity over time so they are trying to make the culture war the main thing if they can make a new culture war like immigration is, basically, because it's not a legitimate war. It's not a legitimate anything for them except a, a, a means to divide people into two sides. Uh, they will. So they've got a, a bit of access here where they can make the rights of uh, 1% of the nation. Let's round to a, the nearest 1%. Okay. The rights of 1% of the nation, a dividing line for their voters, so their voters think, oh, well, because of this massive reason... I cannot vote for anyone but Tory. And that's what the Tories are trying to do. They're trying to make just another thing that they stand for, that they all, they don't really believe, but they are our TERFs for, like, a lot of them are. So they, I guess they kind of do believe quite a bit of it. But they know it's not this significant. They know it's not this big a deal. But they're going to pretend they believe that so that they can shore up whatever little bit of the vote they have that believes in the same things. I do think they are very invested in the culture war. Yeah. well, th- it's always a culture war from the right. Yeah, it's it
1: also comes down to the biggest argument I saw was that if this law was was passed, it was going to make it easier for women to be sexually assaulted in bathrooms, which, as I've highlighted, uh, is protected by the Equality Act 2010. They've been allowed to use
0: women's spaces for over a decade. Even beyond that, there are several other countries who have passed similar laws regarding self-ID for gender, and they've been in place for years and years. And none of those countries report, because this was a part of the process for getting this done in Scotland, was investigating the effects that this law had in other countries. And every single one of them was saying, well, it didn't we didn't really see any increase in uh attacks on women or uh, any decreases to women's safety or anything yeah, like that yeah, yeah. so it is well investigated anybody who's acting like it isn't is just a liar right so so this is my my point is is that there this this
1: is the anti trans bathroom fear that if this is allowed then criminals are going to exploit it. But the point is and here's I'm actually going to quote somebody else. Okay. uh, Helen Belcher who said to BBC Radio 4 it will not come as a shock to your listeners that criminals do nasty things. Criminals will break the law regardless. That's not necessarily the reason to prevent trans people from being treated with some respect. Well exactly. that's essentially the argument is you don't need to have a law for criminals or predators to do the things they're going to do because they're going to do them anyway, versus being allowed
0: a little bit of respect. It it always comes down to these kinds of things where the arguments against it just put it into so much perspective where it's just like you know, criminals don't wait for things to be legal to do the crimes. Well, that's it. That's the
1: argument there. Because criminals will break into people's houses and assault and murder people, even though there's laws in place. If you're a criminal if you're a predatory man regardless of laws you will do what you want and then you'll get caught so that is also backed up by the un's independent expert on protection against violence and discrimination victor madrigal borlaws who published a letter on friday as this uh, just before this debate took place to say that evidence from other countries where as you've said there james self-id is standard and has been for 20 years totally goes against these fears about abuse of the system by predators. And that was also then backed up by, uh, let's see, the High Commissioner for Human Rights, Liz Throssell, who, adding to that, said, around the world, including the UK, this is a quote, by the way, there is clear data highlighting disproportionate rates of violence, harassment, and hate crimes against trans women. So disproportionate uh, rates there. This highlights why it's so important to remove rather than maintain or create obstacles for trans women to access support and services for survivors of gender-based violence. So that, to me, is the best evidence, which is people whose job it is to look at where this is already the case, uh, also in the States as well, uh, to be able to look at it and say, okay, when self-ID is a thing, life goes on. And these fears, just like the fears about gay people in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, which were said at the time, just before the legislation was passed, and then the legislation passed, and lo and behold... Gay people continue to live their lives. And all this fear-mongering is unfounded. And I'm convinced that history will show that this was the right decision. The right thing to do.
0: It would, be, it would be great if it just took a couple of years and we looked back on all of these things that horrible people are saying. And we could all agree that it was horrible. However... I I don't think that people are over gay rights yet. I don't think they are. I think there are people who still believe all the things that were being said in the news and in the media and in the benches. Oh, for sure, yeah. I don't know how big that percentage is. I'm sure it's smaller than it used to be. So I guess the real hope is that the majority of people continues to know that these, these radical... And violent people are just wrong. Yeah, okay.
1: Uh, Shall we move on? Let's talk about strikes, which are continuing in the UK. We had one of the biggest ones, I believe, in the history of the National Health Service Mm -hmm. this week. And just in the last few minutes, there are more strikes on the way from nurses. So in England, on the 18th and 19th of January, nurses will go on strike again unless talks are open. That's according to the Royal College of Nursing. And this is just a few days after Rishi Sunak said he was not going to budge in terms of the pay offer. Yeah. Because apparently the 3% rise that nurses got was enough. Oh, sure. that was it. In a quote, he said uh, the the rises could make inflation worse (laughs) and that (laughs) politicians should not get involved with independent pay review processes. So... They ain't moving, and this looks like there will be more strikes, particularly for nurses, but as I'll talk about in just a second, other
0: sectors yeah. continuing. Um, even, even in Scotland, there, we, we were praising the, the pay rise that was offered. There have been uh, nursing unions that have now rejected the offer that was, that was given up here, so clearly a good offer still, for, for some, isn't good for all. Um, we are in a time where pay is decreasing by default because inflation is so high yeah, obviously yeah. you need to increase pay otherwise the inflation is going to send even more people to food banks or even more people to poverty or to freezing and to all these different things that when the average wage for a, a job is like 30 something K there's a lot of people earning 18,000 in that job and they clearly need to earn a lot more in this time yeah, so yeah. Rishi being anti-pay raise or anti in this case, is obviously crazy, but again, he has to do it. He's a conservative. There, there's no way that he could get away with the resulting uh, arguments that would be thrown at him. Like if he did start giving in to what are For sure. reasonable demands, a lot of the people around him would be saying he's weak. So he can't. He's he he's a, he's a he's a, just a placeholder prime minister. He needs to try and seem powerful. There were stats released by the R C N yesterday, which said something
1: along the lines of your average british nurse will work 7000 pounds of unpaid overtime they every do. single year they do because of the state of britain's hospitals yeah one in five of them have taken have had to take time off this year due to mental health concerns yeah. stress anxiety yeah. depression record breaking numbers of nurses are quitting 34000 nurses quit yeah this year and the vast majority were under 45 which yeah and the last stat was your average starting salary for a nurse is around about and this is the average 22,000 pounds <laughs> and that's that's just the tip of the iceberg there are currently oh, yeah. as of this, this as this article says uh, says here 46,000 nursing vacancies across England and Wales at the moment that's
0: a system which is it's beyond breaking it's broken it's in It's been broken. The Tories have deliberately made it broken for twelve years. Uh, What it what we we need is a whole lot of money being thrown at our health system. But the Tories are never going to throw money at anything. Isn't going to happen.
1: I read this quote from Noam Chomsky, which basically said that this is the road to privatization. You defund something so long that the system completely breaks. And then when people are totally desperate, it gets sold off to private functions, private business, yep. and that is then how you end up with a, a health service which you pay for.
0: Yeah, uh, which we have been seeing. They've been trying to do it, and I believe that even uh, Labour came out with. Maybe is it Streeting came out with? Uh, is he Labour? Oh man, I'm terrible. Oh, uh, Labour came out with something saying that hey, our solution would be would involve private healthcare more and it's just like this is half the problem Uh, not half this is a significant amount of the problem is that the nhs is so stripped that they keep having to outsource things to the private sector which is just more expensive so the solution can't be we need to do more of the more expensive thing but even labor are saying that so it is not looking bright in the future i hope i really hope that the independent ish nations can keep their own health services, even if England and the Tories keep battering theirs so far down that they get to sell off one of the final things they can do to make a bit of money now and keep their party afloat for another like five years. Because we are running out of public things to sell. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there are any countries in the world with fewer things that are publicly owned than, than the UK. Like Even the states still own their mail. I think we're comparable to the states. I'm not sure, yeah. Because we were we were the leading nation in the in the selling everything to the private sector thing. We we started that as in the US. We were like, oh, we make money right now. Okay, that sounds good. Didn't think about the future. Here's the future: nurses on strike.
1: <laughs> yeah. Since our last episode, there were two days of walkouts across England, Wales, and Northern Ireland, which had the knock-on effect of forty thousand procedures and appointments being rescheduled. Uh, there will be two further 12-hour walkouts at uh, a third of health trusts in England and also a second day of ambulance strikes, Yeah, uh, which were planned for December, have now been rescheduled for January 11th. So this is all coming down to, as the uh, head of the RCN, Pat Cullen, has said, we have got no choice. Well, that's yeah. That's the Government it. had the opportunity to end this dispute before Christmas, but instead have chosen to push nursing staff out into the cold again. And again, it's... Comes back to I believe public support is there. We we've seen It still is, yeah. When we all clapped for the nurses during the pandemic. I mean, yeah. Wow. Pay them in collapse. That the public realize how important the health service is and how important the people who work in it are. Yeah. And yet this is where we're at. Nurses have said, look, we're at breaking point, the system's a breaking point, we need more money,
0: and the government say no. Right. But at the same time, the media interviews very selectively members of the public to make it sound like there's very little support yeah, for, yeah. for all of the strikes. So you're hearing people saying we clap for them and this is how they treat us. And it's like, no, we clap for them and we should give them more money as well. <laughs> it's very basic things. We repeat, I said it before, I'll repeat it. Especially with jobs like nursing. Teaching, you know that the vast majority of them care very much for their work and for everybody that they're interacting with and taking care of. Absolutely. You have to assume that if they're going on strike, they believe that going on strike and the direct harm that strikes cause, because it has to cause harm to be effective, is saving so much more of that exact harm from happening in the future if they don't get the pay raises and people keep quitting and burning out and the and the, and there keeps being staff shortages and especially with things like nursing where you know that they put in all these extra all the extra time all the extra energy we all know nurses right we all know how hard they work and that they all work overtime and they come home exhausted and it really should put into perspective that for okay. the majority of nurses to be voting to strike things have to be Really bad. Really, really bad.
1: Yeah. On one final point, then, because time's ticking away. Train drivers also announced uh, another strike. Yeah. And border force staff at airports across the UK have also announced further strikes. Uh, today, the head of their union has said that this could go on for months until the government actually sit down and, and chat about paying them more. Yeah. We're going to see uh, a thousand border force staff walk out between Boxing Day and New Year's Eve. So that's going to cause chaos. And once again, it's a reflection of the fact that people, particularly in the public sector, especially in the private uh, public sector, I should say, really do need more money, because everything
0: has gone they up. They just do. A huge amount. More money or wages are stagnant. More more workers with less hours, all of these things. there's are so, and better work, better work environments, better work quality, better conditions, all of the things. They're very basic demands. Now, one thing I would like to highlight is that the train driver strike is separate from the RMT thing, so don't let the sure. government or the media act like the RMT strikes are the train drivers because they do that every time. They try to act like the RMT strikes are the rich people. <laughs> it's not. The train drivers, different argument. But if they're striking, they're striking for a reason.
1: Okay, let's move on. Let's talk about some other headlines over the last week. And we'll start with Donald Trump, who once again is in the headlines. This is after the U.S. inquiry into the January 6th Capitol riot, which is almost two years ago now, recommended that Trump should face criminal charges, including insurrection. Now, of course, this was a Democrat-led committee, had a couple of Republicans on it who The Republicans detested for being there, but they all voted unanimously for the Justice Department to prosecute Mr. Trump. Now, this is, of course, just a recommendation rather than actually happening. But as part of this, the panel also aired a new clip of the former Trump aide, Hope Hicks, uh, talking and reflecting on what Trump had told her about what was happening on that very day. Uh, Mr. Trump then responded. He slammed this recommendation as a kangaroo court court. Uh, but that's where we're at. Uh-huh, yeah. So uh-huh. he has been recommended for uh, for prosecution, but whether that actually happens him and many others, yeah. Uh, I very much
0: doubt it. Well, I, no, I believe the official much more legal things are getting sped up while they are holding on to the remnants of last the last uh, cycle's majorities and stuff like that before the Republicans can come in and truly spoil everything. All of, this, all of the discovery that was made as a part of this, it's still legitimate, you know? They can't come to legal conclusions. They can only come to recommendations. Yeah, yeah. But still, they did their discovery. They've got all the evidence. They've, they've, they've released a very interesting read of a, of a, of a paper, basically. Um, and I, I, the BBC's summary is that there's the several key elements to it, which is that Trump made false claims. People told them they were false. Uh, he, his rhetoric brought people, brought rioters to Washington. Um, he failed to act during the riot, which we all know he did. Uh, the far right groups actually planned it and acted on the day Yeah, that Trump did um, try to pressure Mike Pence into overturning the results. He did. And that he should be barred from public office. Yeah. And he should. And all of those things are significant. And while there's no legal result from this, there's only recommendations. I I don't think I think we should see the end. Of the, some of the more le- legal and serious trials come to a sort of soft conclusion relatively soon. Yeah, I think the Democrats are trying to go fast on those because they have to.
1: Yeah, they're they're limited by time. And we've also seen this week then that the House Ways and Means Committee voted to make public some documents related to the tax records of the former president. Now, this has been fought by Trump since he was voted in six years ago. But this committee on Tuesday uh, voted uh, 24-16 to release the information. It will be redacted. Some of it will be redacted. Those those documents could be coming anytime soon. But it looks like, from this uh, article here, that Trump didn't pay any tax at all. In 2020, which, from, regardless of how you feel about politics, if you're defending that, then I have nothing to say to you.
0: Well, he, he claimed losses in a lot of those years. He also pay, he also had a profit one year and claimed uh, a bunch of uh, tax back that year. He got a refund. But, but surely people than. just see
1: that as financial manoeuvring. This guy was the president, and he didn't pay any tax. Well, if he's
0: making a loss every year in all his businesses, he can't really be paying taxes. It depends on the books. It depends on the money. But I think the main reason Trump didn't want these numbers out is because they were embarrassing. He wants to be seen as a rich man, but we can see that he was making loss year on year on year, um, which pulls his claims into having paid, having made like sixty something billion and paid thirty something billion in taxes in the years before presidency, uh, questionable. Um, I think the more important thing when it comes to Trump's finances is that the books are being examined, that they are seeing what he is trying to claim as yeah, yeah. A business, what he is trying to claim as expenses. Um, so this is just this the beginnings, the, the overall what he's, what he has submitted. It could just be a bunch of lies, you know, and. We, I, I, Again, I don't I don't really see this coming to an end, at least not before Trump dies, because that doesn't seem like it's too far away, really.
1: Okay, well, sticking with the States, let's talk about the Ukrainian president, Volodymyr Zelensky, who made his first trip outside of Ukraine since the Russian invasion of his country began. So it was a big secret, but he got a train to Poland and then he flew yeah. uh, with the help of some yeah. US military jets to Washington for a whirlwind trip. He went in, gave a speech, got lots of applause, and left with... uh, both sides
0: of the aisle applauding. Yeah, for
1: sure. $2 billion worth of Mm -hmm. military backup and more reassurances and handshakes on the US's continued support. Uh, for Ukraine defending their country. Of course, Russia responded to this and said, ah, it's just the US fighting a proxy war against us, and this is further evidence of it. Uh-huh. And the US said, well, that was very predictable. Thanks for putting yeah, out that press yeah.
0: release. So, James, what do you make of this? I mean, it's, it's a very significant thing that has happened, to to be in person and, and get that support uh, documented. I am sure that Putin and all his allies, when they saw... The unanimous support for Zelensky when he walked in and seeing the, the full room of even the worst people in American politics clapping, uh, I'm sure it made them all cringe a little bit, seeing that maybe they've not been quite so effective in in having either side of the U.S. take their side in this battle. Now, while of course there are some people in uh, Republican circles that are very pro-Russia, it is nice to see that unified front. It is good as well for Zelensky to be getting the in-person promises of the U.S. being in it for as long as it takes. And I hope that the rest of their allies can say the same thing, because Russia needs to get out. (laughs) We can't keep repeating it, but we have to keep repeating it. Uh, Until this is over, people obviously have to support Ukraine. It is is an unjust war. It is their land, all of that stuff. You think so, but we have had some right-wing figures
1: come out to uh, decry of course, yeah. Zelensky's visit saying American tax dollars are paying for uh, Zelensky's dream of toppling the Russian regime, and do we do we really want to do that? Or can we just leave Putin alone? So there are people who who say, "There's no, a lot of people, yeah." We should just be letting them f- essentially
0: destroy each other for a year w- for a war, which will go on uh, for like, obviously. Who knows how long? When you see the groups of people who are saying those things, and you see that it's not cross party, and you see that it's not got any like rigorous. Backing from research or anything as to the benefits of just having a neutral stance, you gotta you gotta understand that quite a lot of them are trolls, quite a lot of them are paid for, yeah, for sure, and then quite a lot of them are gullible, and then there's the occasional person who actually maybe believes it for real.
1: Okay, let's continue. Let's move out to the wider world. We talked about this a little bit in the past. It's China because after the protests they decided to roll back a lot of their COVID rules, which meant that people could isolate at home and there was less restrictions on where people could go. But of course, this has now shot virus infection rates through the roof. So, according to Bloomberg, China is likely experiencing a million COVID infections a day and 5,000 deaths as it's grappling with essentially the biggest outbreak the world has seen to date. And of course, this could get much worse for a country of almost 1.5 billion people. So this is because, James, for the last two and a half years, China's zero COVID policy meant that any time, anywhere in the country, there was a COVID outbreak, the Mm -hmm. whole thing shut down. And so people were essentially kept inside and as we talked about a few weeks ago indeed even shots from the qatar world cup were censored when people weren't wearing masks so they've got to the point where they they decide okay fair enough maybe it's time to open up but because people have been so protected for so long the immunity natural immunity is incredibly low and also as i was right. learning this week the amount of uptake of vaccines in china has also been yeah that's really the low. main part. Yeah and now we're seeing this unfold with uh I think it's the Om- Omicron variant. Uh, Omicron which is wreaking havoc and it's going to kill a lot of people.
0: Yeah and it and it will and uh, of course heartbreaking no matter the country right if vaccine uptake hasn't been good obviously the extra protections are helpful. Um clearly though if the population doesn't want those extra protections anymore they are opting into all of this risk. Like I'd say democratically but it's a China thing, so I don't think really yeah, you can use sure. democracy. Um, so it's a horrible balance where people want freedom. Freedom means a lot of risk. Um, so I really hope that there's a better balance than just letting... Because I didn't know that... I had no idea that the vaccine uptake was so bad there. But of course, yeah. like it just kind of makes logical sense. Uh, so... I hope there's a better balance but, but, but it's, until they can be vaccinated.
1: But it's too late at this point with the, it is too late. With the R numbers we talked about a lot in 2020 yeah. being so high. It's too late. You're unable to put that excuse me, rabbit back in the box. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Because it's now escalated to a point where
0: you are unable to control it. Yeah, they, they can't. And they have, as a country and as a people, but mostly as the leaders decided it is time to let the thing run its course forever, I guess... Um, hopefully, I guess one little thing is that they have waited so long that, they're, that Omicron is a less deadly version of the virus, at least. So sure, uh, there's a better chance of people surviving this, but the numbers are still going to be huge. With a country with such a, in some places, dense population, it's going to be horrible. And like heartbreaking news like yeah i don't know
1: okay let's talk about elon musk oh. once again he is rivaling donald trump for most mentions on this show in consecutive weeks it's, it's, but it's this painful. is I'm sorry after another week on twitter where changes have been made mm-hmm. swiftly deleted mm-hmm. you yeah. turned upon mm-hmm. uh-huh and then other ones which are now done and dusted so for example four days ago elon musk polled on his own Twitter, should he stand down? Yep. And said he would abide by the results. And of course, he lost that vote. People voted yes, he should stand down. He should quit, yeah. yeah. And he said, okay, I will, but only after I find someone who is mad enough to take it over. He
0: kind of at first was agreeing with people who said that only the blue check marks should be able to vote on these things. He was kind of hinting that maybe the vote wasn't <laughs> legitimate yeah. but eventually he did actually just say, okay, mm. when somebody's stupid enough to take my job offers their services, I will I will quit. Yeah, And, and then a flood of stupid people offered to do his job. They did, yeah. A... Amongst, and, and then some, some not stupid people did too but I'm thinking he's choosing from the stupid ones.
1: Okay, so we had uh, that happen but also just before that uh, on Friday of last week, around a dozen journalists from around the world found themselves locked out of their Twitter accounts, many of whom had been uh, critical about Elon Musk in the past and for at least 24 hours, there was no explanation as to why these journalists had lost their accounts. But it turned out it was because that at some point in the last uh, few months, they had tweeted links to other social media platforms such as Facebook, Truth Social, Tumblr, all of these uh, different sites to say, hey, if you want to follow me on Instagram, here's my handle. And so for about a day, there was a new policy on Twitter, which was, <laughs> if you post links yeah. to any other social platform, no linking. you're gone. You're, you're banned. See yeah. you later. And of course, yeah. this was pushed and back on yeah. by absolutely everybody, apart from people who The EU. liked <laughs> Elon Musk. And then within well, yeah. a day it was
0: just a, it was, it wasn't legal it would have made them into a, it would have got them a lot of trouble
1: right and then just after a day of installing that policy it was swiftly deleted every trace of it was gone and banned people on the site were yeah. restored however and that's also been Sorry, sorry I'll finish this a bit first then I'll hand over to you what's also happened then in the last few days is that musk has restored the accounts of several people who had been banned uh, and permanently banned uh-huh. for things like anti-Semitism, mm. for racism, mm-hmm. for all sorts of mm. hate speech. So a lot of these people are getting their accounts back. And then as of today, because I've checked it myself, okay. twi- Twitter is now showing view counts yeah. of how often or how many of your people have seen your tweets. Something which, used to be private. Which is now like a, a massive... Own ratio every time you tweet anything, it's just very sad. I can see, you get for ratioed example, every time you talk, yeah, exactly, yeah. It's someone here just um, finding an example. Uh, someone's tweet here, which has three hundred likes,
0: very good, but has been viewed. Oh yeah, this is likes. Twenty nine thousand times. It's not. Yeah, it's not so many. It's not impressive anymore. So the li- uh, there's not as many likes as I thought. Yeah. So
1: so the this own goal ratioing. Who knows if it's going to stay? I
0: would be amazed if it's still here by the next time we do an episode. I mean, who knows? Um, amongst other bands this week, though, was Elon Jet. We talked about that last week. Uh, so the wait—is that was that a whole week ago? Well, he
1: was the Elon Jet. The account that was tracking where his jet was okay. going was banned. Amongst
0: all the bands, was. A bunch of journalists who were reporting on the Elon Jet banning. Yes,
1: yes. So they had been critical in the, in the past. Because
0: they were reporting on the Elon Jet banning. And then Musk said that because they were reporting on an account that was sharing his private information, that they also were sharing his private oh, information. right. And they got banned for doxing because they linked to Elon Jet on their <laughs> articles.
1: There must be a point where, yeah. and I am I am almost at that point, where I do just leave the site entirely. I know that some people have already.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's an element of leave the site entirely, but I think a part of it is, uh, like it's it's okay to stay on it until you see what's actually happening. Um, don't make any new accounts. I guess we're not wanting to increase the audience or the, and the interactions. Do the bare minimum, I suppose. But when these sites become a, a an important part of connectivity, uh, whether it is as an individual or as a corporation, I can see why people don't leave. It's all right to hold on to something that has been an important part of your day-to-day, you know, even if Elon is coming in and breaking it and making it feel embarrassing to be on it and all of those things. With with how bad it is, I don't even know if his site will really uh, persist as under Elon. But we've... It doesn't feel like it's sustainable.
1: Well, we've talked about this before and I would have thought that if, uh, you know, particularly with the amount of people that were like, go, if the site was going to crash or, and,
0: and die, it would have done by now, and it hasn't. I don't mean that the site's going to break. I think, I think a small core team can keep a site running. Uh, I don't think they can keep this site innovating, and I think that the next time some codes, coding standard changes on the internet, that they're going to struggle very much to make the whole site up to date to that standard. Uh, they better not. Ho- they better hope that they get like a few years warning before browsers stop supporting the old standards and stuff. Um, uh, they won't. They won't innovate, though. They, there won't be. A, there won't be a drive, um, and th- there will be weaknesses exposed in their system. So that we will see uh, people more easily taking advantage of the off the platform. Elon is trying to pretend that there's less of that, but there is more. People are measuring it. There's already more people uh, breaking the rules, uh, taking advantage of the system, and creating uh, false pages and uh, exploiting people and all of these things. Um, and that will continue. I don't think the that a smaller team means the site will crash, but what I do think is that the money running out will happen and that somebody else will buy it from Elon for like half a million or something like that. And it will be owned by okay. Yahoo. <laughs> <laughs> One final story
1: to talk about before we move on. And it's a story which we have talked about in the past and nothing came of it. Traces of cocaine found in government hey. property. So this was the latest one Uh, Parties attended by political allies of Liz Truss, but then previously, uh, government properties where Boris Johnson was holding his lockdown parties. So July this year, the government said uh, they would launch a new crackdown on casual drug users, saying passports could be confiscated. But of course, this is... Yeah, we have
0: casual drug users in the UK (laughs) unless they
1: lead the nation. Yeah, so just the ones in charge get to have it. Yeah, But this was staff working at Chevening, this government... uh, Grace and favour, home, whatever that means. Ah, uh, yes. They've said on two occasions they found traces of this white powder. Number one, on a side table in a games room, and another next to a snooker table after nights where Truss was known to have entertained people at this Kent property. A retreat for foreign secretaries.
0: Oh. Must be nice. That must be lovely. Yeah. So Are that's- we surprised that more people in the Tory party and in... Parties in general, in government, are doing the drugs. Well, the last time we talked about this was
1: they found cocaine, essentially, or traces of cocaine (laughs) in the Commons, all over the bathrooms
0: in Westminster. It was everywhere, (laughs) and again, nothing happened. And it's so hypocritical. The same people who themselves and/or the people they sit beside every single day are just doing whatever drug they want, mostly cocaine. Yeah, for sure. um, are, are are on top of drugs law and trying to crack down and imply that it should all be criminalized for everybody else. They themselves, nah. Who cares? Self-reporting, nah. Reporting on my colleagues, nah. Telling some dude who got addicted because they were super uh, in a horrible situation and they got taken advantage of. Prison. Yeah, put him, put him in prison. Wreck him the rest of his life. <laughs> I'll take it because I'm responsible. Exactly. Anybody, anybody else? Too bad. But you know what? Hopefully, it makes it obvious that these things shouldn't be as heavily criminalized as they are. Oh, for, for sure, for I'm sure. A, I'm not outraged because they're doing a, a an immoral and e- and evil thing. I'm outraged because they think everybody else shouldn't have the same freedom as they do.
1: Right. So to be clear, that's why I'm annoyed because I'm sure all of us, know people or perhaps ourselves, have taken these sorts of substances. And right. That's if you want to do that, fine. But if you're in charge and you're chucking people, sometimes my friends from Govan, in prison because they were caught with a tiny amount of this stuff on them, because they're in a rotten situation and heroin was the only thing that made it better, you're chucking them in prison, and yet you're able to do it in your own grace and favor country homes in Kent without any regard for, well, hold on. If I'm in the south side of the most deprived area of Glasgow and I was doing the same thing,
0: I'd be locked up for months. Yeah. That is what annoys me. They obviously need to change their policy. Even the police are saying they need to change their policies, but government... Well, it's not going to happen. They don't listen.
1: Yeah, it would, Again, something we've talked about on the show, in Glasgow, they talked about having these safe spaces to inject heroin. I can't remember what it was called, but... Those well, safe spaces, yeah. It's been acknowledged by basically everybody in Glasgow... Politically, in the city chamber, city council, that this would be a good thing yeah. because Glasgow has a serious problem with heroin addicts. And rather than shooting up in back alleys and using dirty needles, if they could go to consumption rooms, that's it. If they could go to a safe rooms, yes. consumption room with clean needles, a clean, dirt-free space yeah, and inject and y- heroin safely... That would be good, because... And inject
0: guaranteed good heroin that isn't right? going to kill them quite so easily. Because rather than get infected and, and die, yeah. they're going to use something which... Somebody overseeing them so they don't overdose.
1: Yep. All that stuff is a good idea. But any time it's been brought up or brought to the Home Office, yeah. UK government have said, absolutely
0: not. And that, yeah. again... Is a huge problem because the solution is right there. Yeah, but for a lot of people, they still see the old school as the solution. They see absolute intervention, yeah, yeah. maximum punishment. It's the only deterrent. But we've just seen over decades and decades of drugs policy, but it applies to many other things in life as well the deterrents don't work it's not a war right you have to treat people as humans and help them and the easier it is for them to get help and the easier it is for us to have a point of intervention the better things are
1: okay james we're gonna wrap up time is disappearing let's talk Entertainment and light-hearted things. But first oh. of all, what have you
0: been watching? I've got a movie and a TV show. I didn't finish anything. Okay, let me tell not you... A single, not a single... I probably finished an audiobook, but I've already forgot it because <laughs> I fell asleep.
1: I'm tell you about Goodwill Hunting, which has been uh, that's on my to-watch list for forever. It's very recent. So this is the 1997 Oscar winner written by... This was news to me. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, well, yeah. they wrote and starred in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In their, in their 20s. Yeah. And it also has uh, Stellan Skarsgård and Robin Williams, which is, yeah, if you've seen any posters, it's Mr. Mr. Williams and Matt Damon usually in, in frame. And when it came to the Oscars, Robin won Best Supporting Actor. Yeah. And Best Screenplay was Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, which yeah. is wild. And I, I see them both... Totally differently after watching this. So, okay. Goodwill Will Hunting is on Netflix, if you are interested. And I was wrapping my Christmas presents with this on. So, in summary, I thought this was great. Mm-hmm. It's a little predictable a in bit. terms of where the plot goes, yep. but its strength is absolutely in the performances and in the writing. It's some of the best dialogue you'll hear... In a movie, to the extent that was every
0: now and then, it's got like a little bit of bad dialogue, right.
1: But that's okay. But to the extent that was some of the scenes, I actually had to stop cutting or or sticking, yeah, so I could just watch where this tense conversation was going to go. So it's really good. that I thought was a was a really important aspect of it, and importantly for me, I actually believed the character. So rather than mm-hmm. it just being a mm-hmm. young, attractive Matt Damon, this was a violent, but super intelligent south boston orphan who'd gone through a massive amount of trauma and was yeah. making lots of bad choices so yeah yep yeah, big thumbs up from me well worth it if you like a, a more meandering movie yeah which focuses on character building and excellent scripting rather than explosions and car chases
0: very much so very much so. but
1: there are there are some people getting beat up in this film so there's that there, yeah there's a little bit of action but you know <laughs> okay it's a thinker I also watched myself and Graham finished watching Dragula which is Was that a mispronunciation Colin? It was no it's it's Dragula drag. Oh wow. With a, with a g- I didn't just read it and
0: like try to point that out really
1: awkwardly. Nope, it's the actual name. It's a reality show on Shudder which is the horror streaming platform. It's like oh, Netflix exception. Yeah. Only for scary people. Yeah. Which yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Graham had inadvertently signed up for a year subscription but Tell you what, I'm really glad I watched the show, because essentially it's an art competition where each week uh-huh. these queens are challenged to create new looks from scratch, okay. but based on horror or science fiction themes. this incredible. <laughs> it, it really is. So for example, one week they have to come up with a look, an entire drag look head to toe based on killer clowns. And there's all sorts of you know props and fake blood and stuff. Oh. And then the next week they have to create a look based on mythical sea creatures. So someone comes out ah. and they're Davy Jones with eight fake tentacles attached to them. People with with prosthetics with. And the other weeks they have to create a look based on Salem witch trials. And then oh, the amount of artistry. <laughs> that goes into it is absolutely stunning. So, Of course, yeah, it's crazy. I really enjoyed it, but the, the one thing I would say is that Dragula is the perfect antidote to anyone, and I'm looking mainly at, at right-wing figures in the States here, who say that <laughs> anything to do with drag is inherently sexual, because... It's definitely absolutely sexual, it's a total, There's no such
0: thing as pantomime. Right,
1: it's a total lie, and it's also a very dangerous road to go down to call all drag queens... Um, Well, sexual or groomers. Yeah. Because drag is like comedy. It's like music. You get comedy shows for kids. It's kind of a
0: very old art. It's kind of been around for a very long time. And it's not been predatory that very long time. So yeah, pretty important discussion. You
1: get comedy shows for kids, but then you also have Jerry Sadowitz. You ain't going to be taking kids to. But then you could also take a child to see Five Seconds of Summer. But then you get Marilyn Manson and late 90s Rammstein. It's almost like with every art form, there's a
0: spectrum. There's a whole range of stuff. I know we're like, this is a very big tangent, but it's very weird for me that a bunch of people who are against the state deciding what to educate your children and are all about trust the parents and let the parents make decisions. When it comes to things like, what shows are okay for kids to go to. It's not no more trust the parents. We must mandate. Right, right. <laughs> so
1: this show then is, is exactly the same as that. It's aimed at a completely different audience because it's an art form. And rather than all being the same, the show is essentially an art competition. And it comes down to how good you are at sewing. Yeah, so trust the horror fans. Right. How good, you, how, how good you are with a singer sewing machine, with prosthetics, with makeup. And of course, you then have to perform on stage. So rather than it just being Ooh. what you see with RuPaul, which is they do the whole catwalk thing and they pose and they do their thing. They have to, in this competition
0: in Dragula essentially imbue the character they're playing. Oh, they have to actually... They, I always wonder if they did, like, some, some cliche drag no, thing. No, 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 no. So like, a killer clown outfit on. But no, they do a killer clown thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, so rather than pretending they're a, an Estee Lauder model, they will come on stage. Let's say, for example, they are being uh, a futuristic robot. Uh, futuristic <laughs> killer robot. Very scary. They were, they were like, well, okay, that's a bit more scary. Like, do the do the robot on stage, and then they'll pull out one of the props, and it's a, like a laser gun that they made themselves with arts and crafts and they stuff.
0: Kill one of the people in the stage. Yeah, absolutely. And then so, it, ah! so
1: So much of that is is performance. It's not just okay. How good can you can you walk? And that's why I really enjoyed the show because, I mean, sure, it's reality TV, so there's all the drama and, oh, this person said something nasty about that person, oh, and that they've fallen out now too. Yeah, yeah. That's part and parcel of it, but in terms of-
0: I'll go watch the highlights. In
1: terms of what they do on the show and the sheer levels of artistry, there's one artist called Victoria Black who creates stuff which is- out of this world, in terms of the prosthetics, you look at it and think, how on okay. earth did you make that? You look terrifying. So really enjoyed it. And yeah, it's on Shudder, so maybe cool. not for everybody. But great show. And highly, again, really enjoyed it. Cool. Cool,
0: cool, 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 cool. Well, dear
1: listener, if you have anything that you've seen, perhaps you've seen, Dragula, and want to add your own thoughts, see Soaparade at gmail.com, audio form, or written form, and we will play it or perform it. On this, on this very show.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, voice acting.
1: Okay, James, we also have to talk about the news that Henry Cavill is no longer Superman. Oh, man. So, this guy. This is a weird one for me because at the end of the such, oh, most man. recent DC movie, which was Black Adam with uh, The Rock, I haven't seen Superman. it, Superman. but there is a post-credits <laughs> teaser, oh. which implies that Henry Cavill and Superman are back. Yeah. Because if you remember... About a year ago, Mr. Cavill said he was hanging up his cape, and then suddenly he came back. But then, yeah,
0: well, he quit. He also qu- he quit the Witcher, and then also was going to be Superman again. So, and then he was in a post credit scene. He was, and now it's been announced he's out.
1: He's done. He is no longer Superman, and they're going to move forwards. Fired with James Gunn, who is a uh, Guardians of the Galaxy director,
0: as Superman.
1: <laughs> Not quite. But he is now in charge of the DC universe of superheroes. And apparently, yeah. they're going in a different direction. So, Clean fare
0: thee well, Henry Cavill. Which, you know, is it's, it's honestly fair enough. And Cavill, the, the lovely professional person that he is, his his little statement on Instagram, it was very kind um, and to, to Gunn it, it and was, all it the was. others who have made this new plan. And I can see why they'd want to just let go of the baggage of a bunch of Very try hard and very serious films, even if it means letting go of who could well be like the perfect person for the role. But they're, I think their the justification was they're going to try and start with a younger Superman. Yeah, yeah. And Cavill's not young anymore, Uh, but you know it has opened the door for Cavill to have other projects. He's already apparently signed up for uh, and show-running almost, a Warhammer 40k uh, TV series, probably with Amazon, so... Okay. Um, So he's like a big Warhammer nerd. This is well-known. He's a nerd in general, (laughs) but he loves Warhammer, 40k especially, so he's he's getting to make his own show hopefully starring in and all of that and he's got he's got he's got plans for it already so yeah he's out as superman but he's now involved in some other passion project and unlike the witcher where he was passionate but then he was let down by a a writing room who didn't like the material hey he gets to have influence so it's an exciting time for him i'm sure even if he's lost one of his favorite roles ever
1: okay let's move on let's talk about one trailer sorry the
0: other the other addition is that this also means that the rock is out no more Black Adam. He's had to say the same same thing. Yeah, he's he like, has. He's respecting Gunn and all of that stuff. Very supportive. So we're seeing all of the big names that fought for their films for a decade cut. So Gunn must have a big plan. Yeah. Uh, so if you're if you're not tired of superheroes. The future's exciting for you. <laughs> well, th- this is my point,
1: then. If you're cutting arguably the biggest movie star in the world right now, or one of the biggest movie stars in The Rock, with Black Adam... The most well-paid, for who, sure, yeah. Indeed who has fought for Black Adam for, yeah, over a decade, it finally got made, and then two months after the movie comes out, you tell him, sorry, you ain't getting any more, and then you cut Henry Cavill, you must have some sort of master plan,
0: because that, to me, seems like a very
1: strange move. Step
0: one, make pretty good first film that feels like a soft reboot, but makes you feel nostalgic for the films you liked before. Step two, flanderize all the characters. (laughs) That's that's it. That is gone. <laughs> Indeed. That's what that's what he does.
1: Okay, one trailer to comment on. This is. I say this. He's done that once. The whale. It's the Brendan oh, Fraser led uh, Fraser drama, which looks like it's going to do very well when it comes to awards season. Here's a clip.
0: You don't stay in touch with mom.
1: She really only tells me things about you.
0: Why? Because that's all I want to know about. Why'd you gain all that weight? Someone close to me passed away, and it had an effect on me. You haven't seen her since she was eight years old, and you're going to reconnect with her? Sorry. I don't like this. This isn't a good idea. I'm sorry. You say you're sorry one more time. I will shove a knife right into you, I swear to God. Go ahead. What's it going to do? My internal organs are two feet in at least.
1: So this is Brendan Fraser as of v- incredibly overweight yeah, unwell man attempting to reconnect with his daughter. Yeah, and whilst I was, I didn't like the trailer that much because I felt it was. I think it was a bad trailer. It was a, it was a, a poor trailer because it just overdid the emotional heartstring pulling, and I felt like you could have saved that for the movie itself. Made a it much more understated I trailer.
0: I feel like they released it, what they released for the trailer was like the 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 Oscar summary that yeah. they send out as <laughs> yes. like their their submission. Yep. That was it. That was the Oscar reel rather than here's what you're
1: going to see. That being said, obviously Brendan Fraser has put his whole heart into this project and... Yeah, he's already won some awards. I'm sure he'll get some more because looks great. Yeah, it looks great. Like very he's, committed.
0: He's, he's definitely acting, acting very, very hard. And I think the trailer undersold it because it made it feel very For hammy sure. and cheesy and unearned yep. because we didn't have the chance to build up to those moments. They just chucked them in there. Um. But After two minutes, he's giving
1: his, his probably the, the peak scene of the entire
0: movie. And you're seeing it in the, the trailer. trailer. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I hope the awards keep coming in because, the, the, like his story in Hollywood is is heartbreaking every time you you hear it. You know how it is. all the things he went through, uh, getting basically blacklisted. But his revival, his comebacks over the years, uh, some parts in TV and some parts in film, uh, leading up to this, which is a chance at getting some serious awards, is really cool. Um, and I do want to see this film. It looks it looks. Uh, like a like a big one on the heart. It looks like a big yep. f- a feel film, which is perfect for him because he's he's always had that kind of real feeling and charm to everything he's acted. So I, I I expect the same here for sure. Okay, one last story to talk about, and it's a
1: revisit to the Qatar World Cup because on oh, Sunday, yeah, Qatar in the what is. I would argue the best World Cup final I've certainly seen in my lifetime. Yeah, shame it didn't happen. Shame it wasn't real. Shame it. Shame <laughs> Argentina it was a dream, collective dream. beat France on penalties. It ended three three. In normal time, uh, Lionel Messi, of course, scoring two. Kylian Mbappé getting a hat-trick. I believe it's the first one. Was both of Messi's goals a penalty? 50 years. No, one was. The second one was... He actually uh, scored an actual goal. He he scored an actual goal, which wasn't a penalty. Okay. But then, when it came to the penalty shootout, yes, Messi scored. And he has fulfilled the dream, which means that he has now done the thing that everyone was waiting for him got to do. all the
0: trophies. Because... He got the final one that everybody thought he needed to get. Right,
1: because when you compare him and when he was being compared to these former greats, whether it was Pele or Maradona, the one thing that they all had that he didn't was a World Cup, and now he has it.
0: Well, it was
1: then followed by becoming the most liked picture in Instagram's history, uh, Lionel okay, Messi. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, asleep in bed with the World Cup trophy. And a couple of days later Definitely in opposed. Buenos Aires, they had to abandon the bus tour because four million people turned up uh, to see it. Yeah. And instead they went... They're passionate about the football there. Yeah, they are. They went into helicopters and just looked at everybody on, from the sky and waved, <laughs> which I'm sure the people on the ground <laughs> no, had a great yeah, time yeah, yeah. Uh, doing, looking at helicopters. So that's what's happened. And uh, James, any? Do you have an or in the Lionel Messi greatest of all time uh, argument? I mean, or are you just? He already
0: was. It wasn't an argument. He already was. Like okay, interesting. I, I just like I, I think he's a he's a scummy rich person. Like all the other ones are. Like he quit. <laughs> Barça because he wouldn't pay him enough. Well, uh, see, part. Of, hold on, uh, part of that I absolutely no, have to be. It he didn't pay him enough, Scummy. To do with his agent and his dad, <laughs> for sure. And like he, like, but he's he could he, he could fire them. I don't know, fire his dad. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, but you know, you know, like so, like, but as for like the cream of the of the Scummy rich people, he was obviously the the greatest already. Okay. The trophies didn't align, but there's a, it's a whole team effort. Uh, I I feel like. To call yourself the greatest individual player, you don't have to have had a winning team surrounding you the whole time in any right, sport. Right. For sure, um, especially something that is limited to nations like the World Cup. So uh-huh. I already, th- I thought he was clearly already that maybe not the most influential because you know Cristiano Ronaldo exists and he's somehow really popular. Um, no, but he's just a douchebag. But yeah. Yeah, even even more even more so the scummy rich type, uh, literally yeah. committing crimes. Uh, although Messi did commit crimes as well, he did the tax fraud or something. D- anyway, the, let's of go all with all the, the crime the committing stuff. scummy people. He was the best on the field performer, um, and right, especially considering the things he overcame to do that, including you know literal physical stature. Uh, it is obviously impressive. Absolutely,
1: five foot seven. My my final word on that is uh, often. The stick that was used to to beat Messi with was yes, but other people have scored more more goals than you. Yeah, uh, namely Cristiano Ronaldo. But I saw Gary Lineker de- debunk that one straight away because he said, "Well, look." I scored more goals than Diego Maradona. Uh-huh. But Maradona was, was playing a totally different sport to me. Right. So so to me, this idea of goals being the metric is a lie because you've got someone like Maradona who, yeah, he scored fewer goals than Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer. Does that mean they were better players? Absolutely not. So part well, of yeah, it can't just be goals. Is yeah. being it is to me, it's got to be the accolades and Messi. Has now won the World he Cup. Has he has won part, yeah. literally everything he could win as a player. He did it. Well, he and he, he did yeah. it in a way that you know this was his tournament, rather than it just being he was in the team that won. Well, he got a lot of, it man was of his the matches. So I was, in terms of the fairy tale ending, yeah, I was very pleased to see it because
0: yeah, they'll make yep, a film. I
1: I like him far better as a person than I do Mr. Ronnie. He's just uh, he just comes across
0: as an entitled... Slimy. Uh, prick. Slimy kind of. Slimy kind of. Is that a messy... Yeah, yeah, I get you. I get you.
1: But yeah, yeah. I know there are people who who listen who, who feel very strongly the opposite way. That Ronaldo is the greatest of all time, but I would strongly he, like suggest
0: he's just, scum, he's just scummed his way around and won some free kicks what's he done after the end he of this world cup the game. look messi. messi got old that's it messi got old and adapted his game he played differently when he got old for sure cristiano big idiot boy couldn't even <laughs> adapt his game he got old and he just got bad and petulant really not good. really
1: petulant he got subbed <laughs> off a couple of times in this tournament and reacted as if He was 12 years old. I get it, you'll be frustrated, but also you're 37. Yeah. Bring on the 19-year-old. Adapt, mate. Adapt. Yeah, whereas, greasy boy, get out of here. Whereas Messi would sit in a game, and he for the first 20 minutes, sometimes he wouldn't do anything, because he's busy assessing, okay, where's the weak points? How can I play? How can I play this game to my strengths? And then he would go in, and he would seize the bull by the horns, or whatever the Argentinian version of that.
0: score them penalties. Score
1: them penalties, but also do all the things that... Set up all the other goals. He had an incredible number of assists. I do find penalties impressive. Man of the match performances. Penalties
0: are clearly difficult.
1: Well done, Leo.
0: Official congrats from Seesaw Parade. You're very welcome. I do feel like probably some of his teammates maybe could have gotten man of the match <laughs> once or twice at a couple of those. Yeah, I didn't yeah. watch the games. I haven't even looked at the stats, but I'm absolutely certain that old man Messi was not the man of the match. That's well,
1: uh, having seen some of the, the Argentinian matches, Messi, I would argue, he did watch deserved... Them. Yeah, of course, there was a little bit of, oh, it's his tournament, blah, blah, blah. But he genuinely did have a great tournament from start to finish.
0: Anyway, James. He was arguable in all of it. Time
1: is up. And that is it for the year from Seesaw Parade. Thank you all very much for listening. Can't
0: believe it. Another one.
1: Get in touch if you want to see anything else from Seesaw Parade in 2023. And we'll maybe consider it and then ignore it. And thank you once again (laughs) for being with us. Really appreciate it. We'll see you in the new year. And we'll see you in the new year as well. We'll see you all. Maybe living in your flat.
0: You know, have yourself a good festive whatever. May Santa or whoever also give you the things you want or may you give other people the things they want.
1: Yes. Do that. Yes. Okay. Bye, James. Have a good one.
0: Bye.